When you love something, you podcast about it. And that's what we do here at the Vigilante 1939 Podcast. A father-son best friend dynamic of podcast where we talk all things DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. In this week's episode, we're going to be reviewing Eternals, the 26th entry in the ever-growing MCU. And we're going to be discussing the latest trailer for Sony's Morbius, not Mobius. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nick Zenig. And joining me each and every week, you know them, you love them. They are Nico... And his father, Nick Caruso Jr. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Excited about today's show. We got a we got a movie that's been long anticipated that we're going to talk about, and we've got a a trailer of another movie that feels like it's been delayed about nine or ten times. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, interesting little chapter in the Sony MCU Spider Man hodgepodge that we're all trying to figure out, but. Uh, I think it'll be pretty interesting to break this stuff down. So yeah, I can't add much more than that. I'm happy to be here. It was a it was a long weekend out long weekend out of town, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm ready to go. I'm are back. you hungover? Are you okay? No. Or are you, no. Are you okay today? No, or... I'm always I'm always ready to go <laughs> on this air on the airwaves, no matter what. State. You want to go take a nap and Zeddy now? No matter enough. what mental, physical, or emotional state I'm in, I always deliver the goods on this on this airwave. Remember, we can do this if you want to. No, don't you take a break. No, no, man. I got too much to say today. I got too much to All say right. today because okay, because there's there's been some silly business that I I need to address. Ooh. I just want you to get your rest. You know, there's been you some need tomfoolery. You need your rest. There's been some tomfoolery in the past. See, he needs his rest. Oh man, oh man. And speaking of people that needed their rest but don't don't longer need their rest is the Eternals guys. <laughs> oh man. Wow, the 26th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as I so eloquently said. Wow, we're 26 in now. That's amazing. Uh, so, as always, you guys know the drill. When we do our reviews here, we usually like to go non-spoiler, and then we, we go guns blazing. We open the proverbial spoiler door here, and we we open it up here. So, Mr. C, I'm going to kick this one off to you. Talk to me a little first impressions here about Eternals. You know, the cast, the runtime. The spectacle of it, you know, did it deliver for you? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think Eternals overall, I found it to be satisfying. It was certainly highly anticipated by me because it was kind of this outlier movie that was supposed to be different than all the other MCU movies. We've got an Academy Award winning director and Chloe Zhao. Um, so, so many things I was looking forward to it. My My summarization of it is that it was some of the best stuff I've seen, some of the worst stuff I've seen, with a really great cast, uh, a story that I think was very important and and really ask a, a really great profound question of here of, of who are we in this universe and whatnot. So it had a lot of elements going for it, but at the end of the day, I've had a few days now to kind of 
mull over this thing. And it was a okay for me. It was an okay for me. It certainly wasn't a, a, a dumpster fire, and it certainly wasn't. It, it was a quality motion picture, and at times it looked absolutely stunning, and at times some of the performances were great. But at at the end of the day, I'm not really looking to run back to the theater to see it. I will be happy if some of these people get to carry on their roles. If they don't, I'll probably move on and not have much remorse. So that's my initial kind of summarization of it. Well said. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those thoughts. You're welcome. Um, if you're tired now, are you okay? No. Okay. <laughs> See, you know what he does? You know what he does? If you listen to the show, you'll see he tries to you'll demand hear. attention. You'll hear. You'll see or hear. I don't give you a damn. can't see me. Well, Zendik can see. So I'm talking to <laughs> He finishes his take, right? And then when it's my turn, he has to somehow sabotage with a comment or whatever. <laughs> because the reason he's especially doing that today is I'm about to school everyone. No, actually, I'm just going to give you my honest thoughts. Listen, I've been I've been really high on Eternals. I've been really anticipating it for for a long time now. It was pretty much from the minute the cast was announced, this was something I was into. Um, I like things that look and feel different, and that's what was pretty much promised to us from the minute uh, that this thing was conceived. And then when all the buzz for Chloe Zhao started last year, you know, before no man land, I went back and watched films like the rider that she's done. And I'm like, wow, she's a really quality director. And she won the Oscar, um, for nomad land, which I thought was excellent. And then the anticipation kept growing for Eternals. Right. So you got my two game of Thrones boys back in there. You got Richard and kit. And then you got Jolie and Selma Hayek, my guy, Barry Keoghan's in there. Who I'm a big fan of, um, Dunkirk, uh, American Animals, Killing of a Sacred Deer, some some of my favorite movies in recent years. He's he's right there in in the middle of. He's going to be in the Batman too, so that's something to be excited about. So I was ready for it, and man, it really delivered for me. And it was weird to see um, there was a lot of discourse going into it, and it was hard to like not pay attention to that because it's in this space and Twitter. It's everywhere. It's all it's all our community was talking about for the past couple of weeks, whether it be critics or fans. So I went into it. Um, very open. I'm not someone who really, I'm not someone who's really influenced by thoughts beforehand because there have been a lot of films that I am seeing are terrible. Then I go in and I have a great time, or vice versa. You know, seeing most of just this is let's call a spade a spade. Almost every Marvel movie except this one is called a triumph or a cinematic achievement, and I've walked out of plenty of those. I'm not feeling that way, and sometimes I have felt that way. But you're um, a Marvel stand now. You're an but stand. let me finish. <laughs> Damn it, man. Let me finish. Got to put a muzzle on this guy. I can't sit still today. Jesus, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, man. Hold up and cheers, Zeddy. Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do as he uses my Infinity War mug. How dare you? Thanos. Thanos. Oh, what I was talking about him. Is this, though? I'm now a Marvel. Uh, I am now an MCU stan of Phase 4. Holy hell. Has every Phase 4 project. Not every Phase 4 project. Every Phase 4 mm. I've liked to love, and I really loved Eternals. And it's I loved it when we walked out of the theater, and it's only grown for me in, in the subsequent days. And in contrast to my dad, I'm really looking to run back to see this thing because there's, there's a lot I reflected on and took away from it. And I have a feeling this is going to – this movie is going to end up aging well, and this will end up being one of the most underrated movies of the modern comic book era. Remember me for saying that. Similar to another one, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Who wow. might have been influenced, by the uh, way? Yes. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, yeah. see, eternally. Eternally. Well, I'm grateful for you two, of course. That, that's my review. I'm eternally grateful. No. <laughs> my man. Like uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in a weird boat here. So, obviously, you know, this is the first, I guess, MCU movie for me where while I was excited for it, had the potential to be one of the all-time greats in the MCU, I thought, just with the talent uh, in front of and behind the camera, you know, I... There was more intrigue than excitement for me, you know, in the in leading up in the past few weeks for me, you know, it was obviously getting critically destroyed. Uh, the fan reception was a little bit weird, you know, than most MCU films. So when I went into it, you know, and I saw the movie and while I really enjoyed it, you know, kind of how I described it was, you know, think of it as it's like going to your favorite restaurant, you know, when you know everything is good, everything tastes good. And then every now and then, you know, they hire a new chef and a new chef has this great idea on how to tweak the recipe a little bit, right? You know, add a little bit new flavor uh, to something that you might enjoy. And then while everything still looks looks good, it tastes different. So that's kind of how I thought about Eternals. You know, it's, it's clearly a deviation away from, you know, the mainstay formula that I think we've kind of grow, grow in, in, in love, I guess, in a sense, in the MCU. But it's... It's uh, it was fascinating to me, you know. It was very Man of Steel-ish to me. That's kind of what I'm gonna describe it to. Uh, the past and present, you know, back and forth between that, the introduction of characters, the whole gods and humanity thing, you know, blind fellowship, uh, deception, betrayal, you know, all that other stuff. So it's, it was no doubt like Mister Scene, like Nico said, you know, it was uh, definitely a beautiful movie to look at, you know. And I think uh, Chloe Zhao made the movie that she wanted to make. I just, you know, I'm. I'm kind of having a hard time, you know, trying to draw the line a little bit as, you know, what exactly really is different, you know, from Eternals than Shang-Chi and Black Panther and, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, things like that. Because there are major differences, but it's, uh, man, I'm like, I really can't try to wrap my head around this thing because it's, it's puzzling. It's puzzling. When you said it, it's like things taste different. Is it a good taste or a bad taste? It was a good taste. It was okay. a good taste. I mean, look, th- this is my thing too. Is I think we're at a point now. I think the MCU is at a point now. I think you guys will agree too, where it's we're definitely starting to see more risks now, right, than they ever have before. And I think this one was crucial in that it. I wouldn't say it maybe needed to be different than what's came before, but I welcome that it was different. And I think it's evident that it's this movie that was completely different than anything else we've seen before. That it's the one, I guess per se, that, you know, people really, really had a hard time with. Because I think we were kind of talking a little bit. I think it might be the formula here, guys. Not going to lie. Maybe it's the formula, not the movie. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about that a little bit, though. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> let me kick it off with, with yeah. some specifics, can I? Yeah. Because as much as I, I'm going, I'm in the camp and there's a couple camps, but I'm only going to talk about myself personally. I'm in the camp where it does feel very different um, in a lot of ways than a majority of the MCU. Um, there's, it's not, I can't tell you it's a hundred percent a Chloe Zhao movie because mm-hmm. you see the studio stuff. There's some of the humor, yeah, maybe the CGI deviance, mm-hmm. which my dad's going to tee off on later. 
So I'm going to tease something you're going to do later. How's it feel? You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I like that. See, I like how that. the ending of the movie almost feels like a complete setup for a sequel as opposed to wrapping up the story in a nice yeah. bow. Mm-hmm. So there's where the MCU things are. But the rest of the movie is so much more high concept. And while this movie does have the Marvel movies, are, I've always told you they try to throw in that twist villain in there. This one was a really good one, and this movie really doesn't have a villain. Mm-mm. The villain is more so purpose. That's beautifully put. Destiny. Yeah. Mm. Uh, not responsibility, but um, a calling, fate, if you will. And, it, and it's a moral battle, right? Mm-hmm. And this Absolutely. movie helps solidify, finally, I think I have it. I think I've always known, but I have it now. I really know what I like in comic book films now. I like some of these ones. It's why I like Man of Steel. It's why I like BVS. It's it's why I like a movie like Days of Future Past and Logan that gets very serious and he's confronting himself at the end mm-hmm. in a way. There is a villain in that movie, yeah. but it's almost like his whole past is his villain. Like, right. So that I really appreciate about this movie, and that's where it feels different. And visually, it looks mostly different, I will say. Um, it looks like there's a lot more natural landscapes, you know, when, when they're in South Dakota, when they're in that forest, uh, when they're on the beach, it just feels that, that that's where I see a smidge of Chloe Zhao. It doesn't feel like a green screen the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think she balanced, whether or not you bought into the characters, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. I think she balanced them well. They all really had a moment where a lot of these eventual team-up movies happened and there were characters like you didn't even see and you forgot they were there, but then they have MCU. Then they have shows on Disney Plus where they're the main character, i.e. Falcon and Winter Soldier for all of Infinity War and Endgame. Like, they're barely in that movie. And then they're leads in a different thing. So I think I think she balanced everyone well and gave everyone um, a little a little bit. So I loved how it tried to ask you a question. And it did the typical, not the typical, but it did something I typically love where it's trying to, it shows the power of humanity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how like humanity, like there's a great line when Selma Hayek talks, when Selma Hayek, Ajak, her character says, and this one of my favorite scenes in the movie, she's talking to Icarus, Richard Madden on her farm. And she's trying to explain to him like why they kind of fell in love with humanity. And she's basically saying like when Thanos wiped half of them out, like what these people did was they brought them all back. Like, mm-hmm. like they, they didn't just keep going. And even though it was our superheroes doing it, all these heroes in the MCU are human and Tony. nature, Tony, they brought everyone back. Like they didn't keep going or evolve. They out of love, you know, they brought everyone back. And I thought that was a very powerful part of the movie. And yeah. that sets up the duality of the second half between Icarus and everyone sure. else, yep. which makes it very compelling because he's not a mm-hmm. villain in the movie. He he doesn't want to do the things he does at the end of the movie, but he's, it's all he knows is to serve. It's blind fellowship, blind loyalty, like you beautifully said earlier. And the other characters are, sh- are showing, well, why don't we finally have a choice? Mm-hmm. We're gods. Let's have a choice. Like yeah. these people have. So, mm-hmm. um, she talks about they chose to bring everyone back. Maybe we can choose to not let this world end. Mm-hmm. So I thought all that was there and perfectly laid out and perfectly executed from a narrative standpoint. And that got me. I don't need Ant-Man fighting a villain and it ends. Like that's that's child's play for me, to be fully honest. I like these where I'm like, wow, that's deep. Well, it works sometimes. Like with well, a Venom movie oh, and yeah. all that. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're you know you're completely right. There there really was no villain in the movie. Even Icarus is not a villain. It, it no. depends how you look at it. I mean, yeah. you know, we're all um, we're all here part of a, something that's bigger and greater than all of us that we don't understand. And obviously, this took it on another level where they where they're giving you you know circumstances and consequences of what's going to happen. Um, I thought just to stay on this concept. So to me. While that was different, this is where I questioned, too, like, how much Chloe, like, if I could sit down with her and she told me, listen, Nick, this is really me. I did everything, and I didn't get any interference from the studio or whatever, because that there were times that it, it felt like that, and, and that's what I really enjoyed about the movie. Mm-hmm. But then when it turned into these battles, and I, and I know they, they probably felt the need that they had to come up with the villain, the deviants, right? They are in the comics. In the comics... They're much more human or alien-like than they are in the movie, which I would have preferred. And I don't want to hear any crap about that. That would have cost too much, whatever. This is the MCU. They got more money than anybody. They're like a gazillion-dollar organization, you know? So I would have liked it if they were just not so Neanderthal, these terribly-looking CGI creatures that, to me, totally ruined the movie for me every time they came on the screen. And... When they killed a couple of the of the members, I I, I never took it seriously. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're scary. really gonna yeah. kill Gilg? I'm like, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. It's like honestly, like they're gonna die to these guys. Like I thought these guys were just here, like to <laughs> to like add some action to the movie. So that's where I would love to find out because that was just a uh, it was a plot line that they wanted to show the battle between the Eternals and the Deviants. I get it, but that didn't play out well for me at all. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on that's it because it's just a rip job, you know. So in that's that, the CGI. In that respect, yeah. yeah. always rip on. It's what kind of holds the end. Yeah, back and for and for you know, and yeah. and really, I'm just going to say this. This is why I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man: No Way Home because the villains are humans. Yeah, you know, they're real people. And if you do want to do alien-like stuff, you know, you make them look. They, I just don't like. I don't like when they're like that, you know, I mean, you could have had CGI creatures, but when they're just these mindless, ferocious dinosaur like things, it's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. And so I challenge myself, like, how could a movie be like it was going for all these things and it beautifully hit on some areas and then it like did that. I'm like, really? Like, really? That's what you're going to give us? Like that, that opening battle in London was just, just awful. Like I, it just, the creatures like bouncing off the. The, the buildings and stuff. It's just, I just couldn't take it seriously. Now I will say this to you. The cast is great. I mean, oh, there it's a great, oh, cast, yeah. but, I agree. but not all of them are that great in the movie to me. Um, and they don't really all get, and none of them are ever going to get the equal billing or whatever. As good as they were, I found myself more intrigued by, the people in the after credit scenes, which was a problem for me mm. that I'm actually looking to see more of what we'll talk about that at the end, than the actual stars of the movie. And we could break that down a little bit more. So I, I'm going to just end with this and throw it to you Z. Yeah. I'm a little confused here where it was so different. I don't think it was that much different. I think it was almost a typical MCU movie with sprinkles of things in there that wanted you to make it feel different. And I don't know if that's Kevin. I, I'm, I'm worried that Kevin just, they did come in. 
Because there might have been a better movie here within this movie, which I think that could have elevated for me and maybe for the public. Because I could honestly, I'm being serious with you guys. I don't like critics. I'm not a critic guy. I don't even think critics should exist. I've always mm-hmm. said that to you guys. Yeah. I think a critic's That's job fair. should be to to make sure that he tells you the movie's okay. I know there's ratings on movies, but I think somebody should see a movie and say, like, this isn't appropriate or it's not appropriate. And yeah. tell you a little bit about the story, give you a background, and that's it. I, I don't like music critics. I don't like food critics. I'm just not a critic guy. Critics have probably been around for centuries. I don't know. I, I want to yeah. look up and find out when the first critic was. The first critics were bad because I think if you gave them a bad review, you were killed yeah. by the kings and the queens. <laughs> so, so maybe I'm not giving critics enough, you know, enough. But as far yeah. as an audience member, I can honestly understand with this movie how somebody might, a typical MCU GA audience member might go and be like, this wasn't their cup of tea. Sure. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty much in, in, uh, in the same boat as you, you know, I thought the deviants were obviously the part that kind of took me out of the film a little bit too. Uh, but I, and I actually think, you know, we had some interesting conversation, you know, coming out of the movie that, you know, when, why I always enjoy seeing these movies and you guys is, you know, while I think the Icarus twist, you know, worked for Nico, it actually did the opposite for me. And I'm not going to rip it. That's not what I'm actually here to try to do. I'm just trying to say that, you know, as a subjective, you know, opinion, I actually didn't really resonate with it too much. You know, it felt kind of very uh, General Zadi from Man of Steel. It felt very Omni-Man-ish. A uh, little Homelander in there. And again, that's not to say that I thought Richard Mann was bad. I thought he was outstanding. I thought the love story between him and Gemma Chan's character was was great. You know, kind of like how Nico said, how, like, you're literally going between you know, decades and decades of them, you know, trying to, you know, them falling in love and then they get obviously snapped away and then they got to try to fall in love again. And then obviously Richard Madden's character wants to protect that love and he kind of doesn't understand why everybody else wants to get rid of it. So, you know, in that sense, you know, I do get it. I just think that maybe it has more to do with the pacing of the movie too. That's actually like my main critique of the movies. I actually think this movie is just a bit tad too long. So I think in a perfect world, if this movie were shorter, I actually think I resonate with the Icarus twist uh, more because I do think that it's it's needed. And I actually do really agree that it's it's a nice change of instead of introducing this, you know, late CGI twist villain that comes out of nowhere, instead of having, you know, the deviants just come down and have an army of people, you know, back in shop on Earth. I dug that it was one of their own that was kind of trying to, you know, be, be not really be a villain, but you know, an anti-hero, I guess. If that's how you really you really want to put it. So, I thought it was. I thought it was. It was different. Diff, different. It just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And I like that. And I like hearing a different view on the Icarus thing. And that's one thing we talked about after the movie because I kind of like talked about it earlier. I, I really liked it because for me, um, they all. He was he's portrayed very quickly in the movie as the all powerful one and even Kingo and Sprite and Ajax all put a lot into him. Um, and like Kingo tells him, you know, I'll follow you until the end. And that's something he would tell Ajax and Mm -hmm. it gives the, the rest of the Eternals. It made the ending have much more personal stake to it. Mm-hmm. One because he's so powerful, so fighting him, I was I was like, how are they going to beat him? Because they really can't, you know. How are they going to beat this guy? They really can't unless they all really work together and figure out a way to do this. So I actually think the ending had a lot of stakes in him being the twist villain. Um, 
or him being the villain gave it that. I also love how you see the weight of it on him when he very he knows what he is and he knows it's wrong, but it's that blind faith again. You know, all they ever known was they they help the world and then it resets, right? And and he's yeah. almost conditioned. He didn't live the lives a lot of these other Eternals did. Yeah. So he's tragic in that sense. And I really like how after Kingo tells him, you know, I'll follow you to the end, he goes like, I know, I'm not what you think I am. Yeah. And, and when he walks in there, I thought his performance was really convincing because he's like, it's got to happen. We can't stop him. I'm going to kill you guys. I'm sorry. But it's, and it, it's, it's, it's almost like, wow, he doesn't want to do this. And you see, even at the end, I think it's great is he can kill Cersei right there, but he doesn't do it. Yep. And, and he almost flies into the sun. as like a punishment for himself. It's very, it's very tragic. It's what happens oh, yeah. to the tragic villain, which is why I love them so much. I've always told you the best tragic villain, when they have a redeeming moment, they shouldn't get He's a happy not a ending. villain though. Well, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm using it as saying, the blanket yeah. term. He's sure. the blanket villain right. of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, we said earlier, mm-hmm. like I don't really consider him a villain, but in sure. the in the structure of the movie, you consider him the antagonist. Fine. He's the antagonist. Yeah. In the last okay. act of the movie, um, and so I think I think it really works, and I really respected his performance. And and as for the rest of the cast, um, I did think a lot of them have moments. I like I like how it being. I think they marketed Kit Harrington a little more. He's not really in it at all and that's fine um i thought sprite was a little lackluster her part was even though i got it um her performance at times i'm like okay but as for druig and makari lauren ridloff i thought they were great and had great chemistry i thought kingo was funny um i loved brian tyree henry's character fastos um i thought he was excellent Mm -hmm. um he he's the reason for a lot of the technology that has caused problems on earth. And, um, I also saw some confusion real quick. I saw this take somewhere like, um, how do they, um, when they were doing sign language and certain things in technology, like that stuff wasn't invented yet. Like how did they know? Well, they're eternals and Arisham sees everything. So they're created to be all knowing and all powerful. He was even trying to create an engine back in like 5,000 BC and, and they're like, it's too soon. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine they develop sign language or time pointing to the wrist. They probably already had the concept of a watch yeah. that they could have given. It's, it's very ambiguous whether or not they, had all those things created or those are things they came up with as time went on. But um, that to me is like a small thing where I go, oh, okay. Um, I also think what, what what Lauren Ridloff is doing as an actor is incredible being on The Walking Dead and here just being in two massive franchise for representation is amazing. And I thought Jolie and Hayek were serviceable. I mean, I thought they were good. Um, yeah. But man, I, I just thought them together, it, it really worked for me. I'm a sucker for movies with an ensemble cast and there's like a family dynamic aspect. So I personally really found myself liking all the characters and really getting why they all were the way they were, especially for a character like Druig, who who right away he he tries to say that he could have stopped that war. He could stop all these wars, mm-hmm. but it's hard. And he's got to watch him do that. And then, you know, that's, he's more the closed off one, but you see, maybe that's why he's kind of resentful of what they allowed humans to become. And yet right at the end there, he's fighting for him. So it's, it's really, they're all well done, in my opinion, and their journey is all well done. Some get, of course, more screen time and more spotlight than others, yeah. but I think they're all of their purpose is uh, are there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I thought when they're when they're 
together and it's just dialogue and they're, and they're going back and forth in time. I think that's the stuff that really works well. I think they're all excellent actors and actresses. And of course you can see, you can see that in the scenes. I thought the writing was good. The dialogue was good. I really don't have a problem with that. I just don't think that anybody in the entire movie was that memorable to me from the lead down to the last one. It just did not resonate with me on any Mm long-term basis. The other thing I'm going to tell you guys again, and I, I know Nick's a little more positive. Obviously, I'll take a little bit more negative on here. But when they were fighting and trying to figure out what everybody's powers were, and I know they kind of subtly like imply, or you, you learn some of them, some of them you don't. I just got real tired of the Doctor Strange motions with the powers and Icarus with the no, laser vision and I stuff. I just did not. It, cool. it just did not work for cool. me, man. It's like it was <laughs> just cool. it was just a massive like. And this is where I get into the issue here. What was so different about none of that was different. None of it at all. There mm-hmm. was there was really not much in those battle scenes with any of their powers or anything that really felt like it was new or something I didn't see before. And I, I found myself quite bored. This is the first movie, comic book movie I've seen where wait, I actually on. would I actually could okay, watch this whole movie again. Wait, wait, let me finish. Okay. I could watch this whole movie again if they take out every single action sequence. Okay, hold on. Earlier we talked about how things like the action, like those are the same in all comic book movies, most of them. Uh, but this was like a, a this was like everyone from everyone. But no, it was like they took from everyone. Okay, but no one's it. saying that like the action made it different. Like no one was saying that earlier. I, all the things I said were different about what this movie. I never included. But what I'm trying to say is this movie was marketed as being something different, something that we really haven't seen. And that's my initial problem is that the there was I mean, some of it was, but it just, it it's just, marketing. it just wasn't, it just wasn't. Listen so. to Reeves is saying it's going to be a Batman we've never seen before. A lot of what he's doing. But I've already seen, seen more, I've already seen more in that trailer of stuff I haven't seen before with Batman than I ever. Have you seen an early Batman? No, I've said in oh, the trailer, no? in the trailer I'm talking in, about. In, in, in the trailer. In the both trailers we've seen. In Batman. Okay. But conceptually yeah. it's an early Batman. Have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying, have I, you seen characters you know, travel throughout history? You're not. You're have not you seen Marvel characters you. travel throughout history? The motions and the sequences were, and I know they're a lot. They're the same in a lot of these movies, but yeah. no one was telling me that in all these other movies we're going to see stuff. This was. I was highly disappointed in the action sequences of this movie, which are still important to these movies. I could have almost, I'm so boring, I could have almost watched this movie without any action sequences yeah, and let it just great. play out. Because I thought that's when it was at its best, to be honest. It was at its best, that's true. I thought when it was telling its story and yeah. evolving the characters, which is why I'm going to use a take that I didn't know other people were saying this, but I was told this the night of the movie. I thought this would have played out better as a Disney Plus six-hour miniseries. Because I think you could have developed everybody a little bit more Maybe they could have come up with a yeah, little I mean, bit better fair. villain than the Deviants. And I think it would have been something that then could have led into either future movies or, or future involvement or whatever. Um, that's just the way I feel. Like I said, it just there. there's nothing. It hits for Nico. For me, there's nothing in this movie that I have to go back necessarily and see. Except for Arisham. He yeah. was pretty cool. Oh, dude, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I was very, 
Give me Galactus. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm watching a movie, and I'm, I'm, I should be paying attention to the movie that I'm watching, and I was. Mm-hmm. But the light bulb went off in my head and said, this is Galactus. Yep. Don't deny me. <laughs> That's how bad I am. And the, and outer, and the sequences in space like that were great because I'm, I'm looking at Silver Surfer. I'm looking at the heralds, all that. You know, I'm thinking the Fantastic Four. I just, my mind really started to drift with that. And I was thinking to myself, my God, they can they can do this with this character. They're certainly going to do it with that. That's got nothing to do with the movie, but that was a little different to me. That's part of it where I was like, wow, this looks really freaking cool. They really did a masterful job with that. So I don't know, Z, like I said, that's it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually completely with you in the sense where you said, like, you were more engaged with the, I guess, non-comic booky. Yeah. Uh, parts of film zoom i actually felt the same way actually you know not just for the sake of agreement but you know like when we're in when we're involved with the love story and their contemplation of you know whether or not they shouldn't interfere in human conflict things like that you know diving into why exactly they couldn't do it uh their love for humanity those are the kind of parts that i was really really more engaged with and yeah i actually did think like some people were going to be more in the movie than others like you know i thought hayek and jolie were going to be in the movie more than they were and that's fine too i think you know for what they were in the movie for i thought they were great um i thought makari was actually a standout character for me and you know i'll be damned if those flash action sequences don't look 10 times better than what we got in eternals because what she did in that movie was outstanding and 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 i hope that you know the flash is gonna up that game because i thought her speed action sequences were outstanding so that's kind of my main takeaway that I'm going to get with that. And I guess we'll probably just dive into a little bit of the reception here. Not going to take too long yeah. into this. Cause then we obviously want to get into the post credit scenes, which have major, major ramifications in the MCU. Let's do something so. real fast before we go down the, uh, the reception rabbit hole mm-hmm. is, um, you brought up the speed powers. Um, I thought, I, I, I thought, man, I love them. I thought they were great. Yeah. I thought they were outstanding. I, I know there's people fighting over them, whatever that's inevitable. But for me, all right, so I got a movie that's my favorite comic book movie of the year still is X-Men Justice League where the Flash runs back in time and saves the world. It's fan-fucking-tastic, right? You like that movie? A little bit. Um, <laughs> but, but I will say this, and correct me if I'm wrong for both versions of Justice League, yeah. and I'm even going to count the appearance in Suicide Squad and the appearance in BVS. We don't really ever see him fight, fight. He fights Superman in slow-mo. He pushes the parademon. He touches the thing. There's a little bit in the end fight in Zack Snyder's Justice League, but then he mainly starts circling. Mm-hmm. He mainly starts circling, runs back in time, save the world. It's epic. I loved how cool it looked when she's fighting. She's mm-hmm. punching him. She's going back. And mm-hmm. she, that's classic no, Flash good. stuff. Side yeah. to side, back, forth, punch, 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 circle, 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 create the tornado around. It was pretty epic. Yep. I would, I mean, that made me encouraged for what we might see in the Flash film, but I'm like, I, I don't know if we'll see a battle sequence that's like that high stakes where they're in uh, open terrain and there's other powered beings uh, going on around them. So that was really cool to It was me. good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm really glad at some of the Eternals we see still in a little pair at the end of the movie mm-hmm. um, that we could play into the post credit scenes after. But man, those were awesome. That was really cool. And I thought Acrace's powers look cool. It reminded me that we don't have the Superman on screen though, which kinda hurts. So mm. oh well. Yeah. 
but don't worry. I, I got I got my mini Superman in the form of uh, Richard Man, and it's okay. It's okay. Just uh, just put well, a little red, your, uh, just you... just put a red cape on that guy. Come on now. Yeah, right. <laughs> just put a red cape on Richard Man, and just put an E in the center of his uh of his blue suit there. There you go. Just put a triangle around that E. It'll work. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, okay. So I I mentioned you know we're not gonna delve too much in this, but I think it is worth noting that uh this is considered a rotten film. As of this recording, I believe it sits at about a forty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And like I said, you know we we don't take too much stake in the critics here on this show. We don't. That's not how we base our reviews over. But you know, I do think that, like I said in my opening, that you know there was more intrigue than excitement. And I was excited for this film, but I was curious as to why you know this film isn't at least over fifty percent with critics, especially with the way it was marketed and the respect for Chloe Zhao. Uh, the cast, things like that. So, Mr. C, I'm just going off to you. So, obviously, yeah, you know, um, a, a, a major surprise, I would say. You know, a surprise, I would say. Yeah, because really the MCU doesn't miss with the critics. Now, when I look at the fan, I, again, I, I don't – I hate to base this stuff on Rotten Tomatoes, but whatever. Um, I think what we got to look to is the cinema score was a B2, which is, which is a uh, – Significantly low. Which is significantly lower than than probably 95, 90, a, lot. a lot of their stuff, you know. Why is that? Why don't critics like this? I told you, I have a disdain for critic. I don't really believe in the whole philosophy of it of somebody seeing something and telling me that I should go see it or not, like based on their opinion. That like they're they're more expert than I am. I don't get it, but they've been here forever. They ain't going anywhere. I do like a lot of them. I do enjoy some of them. I do watch some, even when I don't disagree with them. But the whole concept is silly to me. But I have no idea. I have no idea because this is certainly um, not that different from many of them. And I would argue that the theme of this movie, uh, the stakes were much more interesting and different. That's where we do agree that it was different. I don't know. I thought the diversity of the cast was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Again, just because I'm not telling you like nobody completely blew me away, but I think they touched on some themes in here that are long overdue. Mm-hmm. And I sit here on this Sunday afternoon talking to you two guys, and I could never explain to you in a million years how I'm trying to think of a movie like how Captain Marvel. I don't know what the, what is the, it, what, better, dude. it did. Yeah. I don't know how a movie like that could be reviewed better than this movie. Okay. I don't know how. Thor the Dark World? Dude, I don't even want to get into this. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless McLeekith... Malachi. I know, dude. I'm just... Unless <laughs> <laughs> Malekith... you learned after last week. I know. My man, my man. Unless <laughs> Malekith paid off the critics. I, mm. I, I got to throw it to you, Nick. I have, I have no... Because the audience looks... Whatever, in the 80s. It's about, I actually would be... I was actually surprised that the audience is high. Yeah, I thought it would be lower. I thought it would be lower, you know? Be so, lower. I listen... It's I have no idea. Now here's here's something and I and I said this to my son before the podcast, but I know she said she was heavily influenced by Zack Snyder. I don't and you that. can see that in there. And I part of me is like, did she say that? Did the critics know that? Because I, know. I do tend to think I'm sorry. I do tend to think that Zack Snyder and the critics, that the critics go into his movies with a little bit of bias. I believe a lot of these critics go into these but, things with bias, but but those comments came out like yesterday. Okay, that, that totally didn't affect 
people, the critics, the w- weeks ago. Um, I get what you're saying, though, because that is true. It's true for a few filmmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't get it. I get why people don't like this. I'm shocked that it's. I'm shocked that there's an aggregate that says 48 percent of people who are paid to review who 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 have some sort of job to review these movies less than half of them thought it was good and some of the reviews are like that are fresh are like them really trying to convince themselves they like it too <laughs> so it probably could be lower it probably should be lower than a 48 i'll mm. be honest with you it's a generous 48 which is where like my brain's going i'm shocked the audience is in 86 because to me an 86 and a b cinema score don't don't add up yeah. Those don't add up to me. Those don't That's add up. That's unusual. To me. Those don't add up to yeah. me. Yeah. So I think cinema score we always say is more honest because you don't really review bomb the way you could review bomb in a positive way, you could review bomb something around tomatoes. Um I think and because we're talking about the reception, the way people are talking about this movie, in my opinion, from my point of view, right? Just me. I had a great time with this film. Um, I, I, if I rank it above the three of this year, the three MCU films of this year, it is my favorite of the three. It is my favorite out of Eternals, Black Widow on this and Shang-Chi. It is my favorite. Eternals is my favorite. I don't know. Maybe I'm so different, right? I watch these movies often because of shit like this, the podcast, etc. I have the whole MCU on a rewatch through April 2019. So that's still over two years ago, but it's fresh enough in anticipation for Endgame. I have no idea how this thing is statistically by critic and audience measures now the worst of the entire MCU. There's no way. There's no way. There's, it's, it's, it's almost laughable to me. It's almost laughable like this became, and this is where I do think there's so much pre-bias because this pile-on feels a lot of like the Wonder Woman 84 pile-on. Mm. Only the audiences are being a little more generous to this one than Wonder Woman 84, I feel like. But man, people teed off on the both of these. And Wonder Woman actually found its way to stay a little bit higher. Um, I don't get it. Because like my dad said, there's movies like Captain Marvel that exist. There's movies that like Thor The Dark World that exist. Um, there's movies like, I don't know, Ant-Man and the Wasp that exists that's sitting there in the high 80s that that just has nothing to it man has nothing to it was it an expectation they had going into maybe there's movies like i mean uh, there's movies that were crucified in the dceu that have a higher cinema score than this like there's no way what is airs it's under 50 isn't it no no it's cinema score i mean okay i don't know maybe that was more entertaining for people but man maybe it's because people think it's boring i think people think i think this is where you're missing the point but this is you're talking shit man i think it's the pacing and and the the length of the movie and i think it's gotta it's gotta be that mainly yeah it's gotta be the main thing and i do think and i and i i'm always waiting for this to happen and it I don't it feel we're did. there yet. It finally did. No, I think no, a little fatigue. I think there's a oh, little. Fatigue. What did you say? What did you think on that? We 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 were always waiting to see the first MCU film that critics would not like, and it's this one. Yeah, I'm and shocked. and I and I, and I think shocked. it could be a little fatigue with it too, and I think it could be a little bit maybe them going in and and they were expecting something different. I think some of them 
just, you know, don't, it's like BVS, you know, they don't want that long, slow burn, that deep, uh, yeah, methodical, yeah, yeah. psychological kind of a thing with it. I, I don't know. And not, not what's this, they might with Batman, they might with the movie we got coming out in a few months, but yeah, it's, it's almost like, um, I, like you said, I, I, I thought that this movie was going to be universally loved. Yeah, I thought it, this yeah. is why it's so surprising to me. And I know some of our guys just flat out call it a bore. Sure. And it's really hard for me to argue against that because I could see if you if you don't buy into it and you're not captivated by the cast and you don't really care. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like I said, I this is one of those movies where it's it's hard for me to argue if somebody says that it just wasn't for them and, and whatever, and I'm not going to waste my time trying to, it's not worth it for me trying to make you convince you to like it, you know, like I would with a Zack Snyder's justice league, or I might with a BVS. I might try to like, just because the characters are more renowned and and the takes on them. And I love the story. I'll argue those a little bit more than I'll argue this one. So, yeah, I mean, you know, first and foremost, art is always, you know, subjective too. You know, I'll always die on that hill too. So, you know, people are certainly obligated to feel how they feel. And I'm I'm not one to tell people how they should feel. If you don't like Eternals, you don't like Eternals, man. But um, I think my thing too is I think we're in a little little weird setting here. So obviously I'm not going to falter the pandemic anymore uh, in November of 2021 like I would have maybe in August or july i think we're kind of late enough in the year where people are clearly going to come out to see these movies you know hello high water let alone an mcu movie uh and i actually do think it is just a formula guys i'm being completely honest with you i think it's a little bit of the runtime i think it's mainly the formula mm. you know i think that people are just at a place now where i think we want a little i think we want movies that are kind of under two hours you know movies that are a little more digestible to kind of watch kind of take in here i think you know the mainstay movies like an infinity war and game i think we could make those two hour 35 minute movies i think but you know anything other than that you know i think we're seeing a little bit of a pattern here with the success that you know a movie like venom let there be carnage is a pretty good success and it's 90 minutes you know it's like 97 minutes so you know a movie like ghostbusters afterlife it's under two hours everybody's loving that movie and and i i know i'm a little little off base with that but i'm kind of starting to see a little bit of uh, you know what people are kind of what their main main thoughts are into right now, and I do think that this it's isn't good for me. It's um, this it's the formula good. for me. It, it's what right. it is. You know, you 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 throw this movie next to Spider Man Homecoming, and Spider Man Homecoming is fun. It's humorous. You're laughing at almost every other scene, and then you watch a movie like Eternals, and you're kind of sitting through it, and you're thinking. You're wondering why these people are making the choices that they are. And I'm not trying to discredit the audience. I'm just trying to say that I can kind of see why this movie is is the way it is for people. This is going to have bad ripples because you're going to start seeing – and I think Tim said this, our guy Tim from the Nerd Room. You're going to see these more now creative, bold risks on Disney Plus because I think back to a lot of these – different concept director driven thing Zhao's didn't work Wonder Woman 84 didn't work Zack stuff didn't work you know um, a- another example I have is they let Taika do whatever he wanted with Thor and it worked because it was funny and it was fun and, yeah. Yeah. and that's a top 5 MCU movie for a lot of people Thor Ragnarok so Zeddy I think you hit the nail on the head man and, and this doesn't bode well for me who likes this 
deeper, higher concept, more slow burn, character driven, yeah. thematic myth. I mean, man, she had such a mythological aspect to these characters too. Yeah. The characters of legend over time, and I people just don't vibe with that. You're right, man. Yeah, it's, they don't, it's, dude. We got you know. So I think it's yeah. gonna yeah. lead to less movies. I mean, there was probably a half hour cut out of Venom. Let there be carnage, just so they could be easily digested, you know and. Spider-Man's going to be long, but that's because it's Spider-Man the same but way I that wonder, Avengers could I wonder, say. Spider-Man, like, if, if it's just really no, a crazy no, story. No, Spidey, it's not going to do with that. A, you think the critics, though, you don't see? Yeah, I can yeah, foresee maybe a scenario where the critics are like, did this the, movie need to be made? And it it's just fan matter. service. It, it, it doesn't matter. Toby's coming back. Yeah. Shit. Well, I don't, I don't care. Say, oh, I don't care if that makes $5, <laughs> Toby's in the movie. Yeah. I don't, give a damn. I don't give a rat. He's partying. Did you guys see the picture with him? Yeah. Yeah. and Lil Nas X, yeah. dude. That's so badass, dude. Toby's He's partying. living his best life. He's right partying now. with the music elite right now. God bless. God yeah. bless. The best talent. Um, yeah, Zeddy. I think you. I think you said something. I think great you there. got it right, Zeddy. I really do. This was the test, and you know what? Feige's going to retool in the way he does, which is great for him and the audience, but it's bad for people who like more of these risks. I don't know what. I don't know that you're going to see something like this again from either studio in terms of a comic book film. Yeah. Um, Maybe not there. It's all going to happen on TV. Yeah. So it's going to happen, happen on it's TV. Happen and on the, on the HBO streaming. Max and Disney Plus yeah. are where we're going to get these deeper things. The movies are going to start being... Popcorn. Of, Just go back to the popcorn. popcorn. Yep. Go back you know, to the popcorn. Pal. The only one I think has a shot of doing something real deep in the MCU coming up is uh, Wakanda Forever, and I hope it does. Yeah. Um, but... Th- the other ones sound like they're just going to be a lot of fun, a lot of bonkers. and uh... Well, Batman won't. That's the exception. But he's like the exception He's character. the exception. Yeah, he's, he's the exception yeah. character. Where like you, you you could just do that with him yeah. because that's mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would agree. Yeah. Whereas, you know. Can't do it with Superman. No, you can't do it with Superman. You can't do it with Superman. <laughs> you might on HBO Max, Valzad, maybe, but that's different. Yeah, again, that's, that's yeah. And but and, and yeah, yeah. And, and that's on HBO. That's on a streaming service. Yeah. Um. So, all right, guys. So let's actually just take a few minutes here. Let's talk about the post-credit scenes here, because man, yeah. they got major ramifications for our future of the MCU. So, you know, nobody lights up my life like you two gentlemen. You know, you two yeah, uh, would never, would never steal not. my girl. That's for sure. Our guy Harry Styles, yeah, I was really hoping that that that's probably not gonna land really too well. But Harry Styles in the MCU, guys, our, our guy from One Direction here. That's where I was going for all our listeners here. Uh so Harry Styles is Eros, Thanos' brother. Thanos has got a brother. Holy moly! And uh, Mr. Sam, this one up to you. So obviously the first one is a little more clear cut and dry here. You know, Thanos' brothers in the MCU, and then obviously we get our one with our guy Kit Harrington with a certain blade. Might yep. I add a sword? It's very it's very clever. Huh? There you go. <laughs> that was very clever. <laughs> so, Mister C, talk to me about the future of the MCU and what it looks like to you. Yeah. So the the first one was was uh, was very interesting. Obviously, Harry Styles is a, is a big guy in our household. My my daughter has been a One Direction fan for a long time. I've gone to see them with her, and actually, to be honest with you, enjoyed it. I find the young man to be an unbelievable entertainer. I think he's a a real big kind of a fashion icon, a modern day, um, modern day Renaissance guy, if you will, like somebody that kind of walks his own beat. So having him and it's, it was rumored and we kind of knew about it, but the scene still played out pretty cool. I thought completely leaked two weeks. Yeah, I know, (laughs) but I, I like, I like Pip. I thought the CGI and Pip was bad, but hopefully they'll fix that because he's a great character. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where it goes from here, I'm not quite sure. Uh, where he could, um, 
where he fits in. I'm not sure that if, if if it follows an Eternal sequel or if you could pop him in and out of like James Gunn, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, You'll see him in there. something like that. So that's good. Really, the scene that that stuck for me was the end one with my guy Dane Whitman, who I've I used to read a lot about back in the '80s and the Bronze Age and the late '70s. The Avengers at one point, right? Absolutely, yeah. And what I want to make people understand too is that this ebony blade is one of the top artifacts in MC in Marvel history. Okay. The blade is this all-powerful thing that can cut through anything. Um, Admetanium, titanium, it can cut through magic, right? It is. It can capture souls. So this ebony blade, now that it's here and we see it and it's real, I am so excited for this. Oh, I yeah. love me some Harry. I'm excited for him, but this has really got me going here. And then with the little voiceover at the end, and we know that's our guy, Blade, it, it's got me thinking, wow, this, so Dane's going to be with Blade probably into the occult aspect of the MCU and the Blade. And you know, the Blade's like Molinar too, where it can, it can, it, Zeddy, if you lose the Blade and you, and you get transported to another time, it can actually go through time yeah. and find you. <laughs> so that's how cool this Blade, that's how cool the Ebony Blade is. So uh, I love Kid Harrington. I also love Richard. I love him too. You know, I I hope somebody flew a little too close to the sun. <laughs> I hope I've been waiting to use that. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm hoping he's okay, Nick. He's too good looking of a young man. I oh, hope yeah. he didn't burn up. And I do hope we. I take it back now as we're talking. I do hope we see him again. I do hope we see a lot of these guys yeah. again. I've suddenly warmed up here thinking about Kid Harrington <laughs> and his blade. With I mean, has uh, the Black Knight with Blade and maybe Moon Knight and the Ooh. Werewolf by Night and maybe Mobius, man. Oh, so, man. dude, I am so excited. This wait, this, Mobius, Morbius. 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 <laughs> well, I know Owen Wilson too. Is it Owen Wilson? Hey. Yeah, Owen Wilson. <laughs> oh, and again, well. well, this is why I'm laughing with you guys because this movie is supposed to feel so different, right? But it's just like you said, the ending sets up the sequel. The ending is the movie. The first post-credit scene sets up a sequel, what's going to happen. And the third one, the second one, sets up in a complete aspect, occult aspect of the MCU. And, and like, it could be setting up series, multiple movies. Like, yeah, I like it. Uh, the the first post credit scene is the most genius thing that Marvel's ever done in their history. It's the best marketing move they'll ever do. If they don't make a sequel with Harry Styles, you're leaving billions of dollars on the table. His fan base is absolutely insane. I've experienced it firsthand. It's great. He's a great guy. He's very charismatic. It's awesome. He's a great performer. Great two albums. Great actor. Smart. I love it. Do it. Ooh, take a breath. Green light that sequel. He's in it now. Done with that one. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> we've also al- we've also already been talking about it for two weeks because thank you, Variety. Uh, oh. The second one I, w- I would like to shout out. I was one of the first people in the theater to think it was Blade. Yeah. I later confirmed it. Um, I don't know why that one was not being talked about at all. I don't understand. I don't know. Unless people were confident enough to think that was Blade. I've seen, I don't think they understood I've seen Mahershala Ali in too many movies to, to not recognize his voice. Dude, oh, yeah. That's awesome. I want Blade. We've been waiting for it. I'm glad it's coming. It's got writers and a director, so I think that's coming ASAP. That's awesome. And do the Midnight Suns. Put them together. Do whatever you want. Uh, that side of Marvel is going to be... You said this after the movie. What they're doing from like a dark side and a cosmic side is going to be great. I have a feeling that you'll see uh, Harry, Star Fox, Eros, well, whatever you want to call him. I bet you'll see him pop up in Guardians 3. Yep, I, yep. I, bet Guardians, I bet the Guardians franchise is going to 
slowly progress into more of the Eternals characters and that. I think that's the route they're going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to helm that. I don't know if he's staying at Marvel. It looks like he's going guns blazing at DC, but I don't know. Or maybe he'll pass it off to someone he trusts. But man, both scenes are awesome. And even though I love Harry, uh, that that second scene was awesome. And I'm ready for Kit to, to be a force because he really wasn't in this movie and he was more yeah. a comedic relief at times. And I want him to... to Pull that blade, get back in black, like my man John Snow. And, uh, and hey, he, he could just play John Snow as Dane yeah, Whitaker. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same. It's the same. Thing. Just give him his long hair again, it's and okay, just do man, you know, Where's just that do, fur coat? Get him a fur coat. You just get him something. You're gonna team oh, up. Also, though, I'm sorry. Thank oh. God they let him and Richard even have a small scene. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that was awesome. Man. They gave him a small oh, scene yeah. just yeah. where they yeah. shake hands or whatever. Oh, man, thank you. Thank I saw you, you man. It was a smile on your face, man. I saw that. I, I smiled that. and I put the fist up because I'm like, my boys, because yeah. the last time they saw each other was before John went to the wall. And then, he, you know, Rob died. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. You know, John's, you know. Whatever I think about that Red Wedding, man. I, Oof. It's still one of those haunting scenes in in uh, television. I guess we could say television, right? Or, or mm-hmm. history that, that really bothered me in that scene. It's one of those... Things I'll never forget. That's there's a few things like that, you know, like some lost and some a lot of shows we watch, Walking Dead, but that one is right up there in the top five for me. You know, so absolutely, man. That first one, I mean, hey, Harry Styles in the MCU, man. You know what the MCU continues to do exceptionally well, better than anybody, uh, is get exposure, you know, to your brain, right? And you know, Harry Styles is certainly gonna certainly gonna bring exposure to your brain. You know, hopefully in the sense that you know a Robert Pattinson might, in the sense that you know now you. Now what you just did was incorporate an even larger sect of uh, people into your brand, right? I mean, gave all those people, you know, kind of my myself and Nico's age, you know, uh, all that female audience and all the people that were One Direction fans that are now going to discover or we discover the MCU. So that that's just a huge, just bankable move for the MCU. And I and I, and I do I do kind of welcome the change. And you know, Thanos was just life ending threat for the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe, right? And we kind of don't know where Harry Styles goes from here, right? You know, maybe he's a little bit different uh, than Thanos, right? Maybe, you know, so I, I'm just, I welcome the, the dynamics that he's probably going to have to, you know, something like a Guardians, uh, a Nova, you know, all this this cosmic realm that they're kind of delving in on the side here, uh, as well as the human conflict, so. And Blade, man, I mean, come on. Come on, it's Blade, man. I mean, he's literally making Blade a cornerstone of the MCU here, and we're led to believe that, you know, come on, man, I mean, Morbius and Venom ain't, ain't too far, ain't too far behind here, you know, Craven might not mm-hmm. even be too far behind here, so, I mean, that's just a huge move, and if oh. it is Mahershala, I think it is, Chloe Zhao already confirmed it, that's awesome, man, I mean, Moon Knight mm-hmm. is probably the next logical uh, step that I think he'll, his wife will either get teased or he'll get officially revealed, I think that'd be pretty, pretty damn awesome, so, just bring it on, man. You know, this is what the MCU you know, continues to do. They they make you they, they get you yeah. excited for the next thing, man. You know, we don't talk about Moon Knight. Moon Knight's suddenly become like me. Oscar. Yeah. Not only that, just because of the character, now that we know Blade's gonna be in it, now you know Kit's involved, and we got our great casting, and I'm I'm sorry I don't remember the actor's name for the werewolf by night, but yeah. Uh, this is just really good stuff. See, man. We're gonna we're gonna see some monsters, some occult, like just we all love that crap and we're gonna see the, the this mcu cornerstone just evolve and i think yep. people are gonna love it i hope they do because i know i am so absolutely absolutely all right well that actually puts a pin in our eternals 
review, as always. Let us know what you thought of the movie. If you liked it or you didn't like it, all thoughts are warranted. And we certainly want to hear from you guys. But gentlemen, the other part that we got here, right before Eternals came out, we got a Morbius trailer. Oh boy, I need some plasma. I need some plasma now. I, I, I need my plasma over like here. Give hand suckers in the cartoon. Give, give, him, give him my hand suckers over here, man. Morbius got a new trailer here. They even played it in our theater before Eternals. Holy moly. Mr. C, what did you think of the trailer? Are you excited think, for more? I think it looks really, really good. And I think that, you know, the character, I've loved the character. I think I was almost, I think I started reading Spider-Man shortly after he was introduced. Whenever he was in there, I loved it. I love my man, Mr. Jared Leto. And I say that with the utmost respect for him. He's also in Gucci. Did you see him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is not an actor. This is a an actor's actor. You know what I mean? He's yep. And so to see him, and I, I saw his interviews too, he seems really excited about this. And why wouldn't you? Because oh, yeah. it would appear to me that this character is not only going to have this film, but he's going to be in future projects as well. The film looks dark. It's mysterious. It's vampirism. He's a doctor. We've seen this theme a thousand times before where the good doctor is trying to help people and inflict some kind of conflict upon himself. But you know what? It In this case, it's exciting to me. I uh, don't know a lot about the cast. When I see Mr. Michael Keaton, who I'm not going to lie to Nico. I caught the beginning of Homecoming the other day. No, he's good in Homecoming. I've and, always said this. And I got to be honest with you. I thought that he was, I forgot how good he is in the opening oh, yeah. of that movie. Yeah, really now, good. when they get to the Peter with the camera scene and it's jumping all over with happy, I turned it immediately off. I'm oh, not going to yeah, lie to yeah. you, but Michael Keaton, seeing him just whether he's in this for a second and trying to figure out this whole wacky Sony MCU Spider-Man, I got a headache <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell they're doing with it. But to keep it short and sweet, Morbius is the kind of movie that I dig, man. And I and I and I'm it's got all those elements of the supernatural, vampirism, heroism, conflict, anti-villain. So and it's dark in the right way. It's not dark just to be cool. You know what I mean? It's dark because the character is a dark yes. character. Yeah. Man, this trailer really moved the needle for me. I was always excited for Morbius. He's a great Spidey character. I love Leto. People forget he's a really good actor, Oscar winning. Um, he's had more good roles than bad roles. I think it's going to be great in House of Gucci too. That's coming out there. There might even be some awards play. He had some attention for little things last award season. So he's, mm. he, he's good. He's proven. He's, he's proven. Um, man, the trailer looks great. Oh man. I think they nailed the tone and the feel of the whole thing. Mm. The look of the whole thing. It looks dark. It looks mysterious. It looks creepy. feels tragic. There's some nice little humor sprinkled at the end. Um, his performance feels convincing. He looks incredible. The effects look awesome. His powers, his sonar, when he's flying. I, I think it's going to be really cool. And like my dad said, there's not just that. There are six. I think I counted six references. There's there's a reference to Raimi, Raimi's universe. It's crazy. In terms of how he looks. There's the Oscorp from mm, Amazing 2. Yeah. There's Keaton from... Holland from the yeah, MCU. What is going on? They have news- They have newspaper clippings. What are you doing to us? They have newspaper clippings for Rhino and Black Cat. And they have a mention of what happened San in San Francisco. Francisco. And then he makes a Venom joke. So, I mean, that's six 
direct things. I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm all for it. And it's so cool that they're almost establishing a lot of these Spidey villains first, and they're going to pluck him in later. I think that's a cool way to do it. We, we already know Spider-Man, so let's let the villains have their footing before because we already know who Spider-Man is. So now we don't have to waste a movie creating and developing all these antagonists. Let's just put them in there. So um, I'm really excited for Morbius. And as our boy Chris Evans has always said, I think it's going to be a sleeper hit. Yeah, I do. I hope so. Fingers Maybe not box obviously that much, but I think critically it'll do pretty well. I don't think, see, this is a movie they're expecting to do like huge, huge box office. I think they're setting the table, my friend. Yeah. Hey, putting on the knife, the fork, <laughs> listen to me, and the plate and the entree hasn't come yet. That's coming oh, later. Oh, man. Hey, man. Color me damn here. I'm not going to be reaching for my thoughts here, but, uh, you know, or reaching around my thoughts here, I should say. What I should say. Exceptional. Um, exceptional. Color me damn here. This actually looks like it's that's a pretty good story, man. Dude, this uh, is great. That's awesome. If there was ever a five, like, little awesome. innuendo that you just threw you out. You know, I, I try, man. I try, man. I mean, if there was ever a preconceived notion about a movie, you know, of whether or not we needed this movie, whether or not this movie looks bad or... Is it ever going to come out? It's Morbius, man. I mean, the delays, I would think, probably have significantly kind of hurt the momentum of this movie. I think uh, this trailer feels a little bit out of place, but you got to you gotta remarket the movie, I guess, a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up before a Spider-Man movie, I think it's genius, uh, especially with all the fan speculation on whether or not characters are going to cross over into a Spider-Man franchise, a Spider-Man universe. I think it's brilliant now. I think it comes out in a pretty good month it comes out in january you know january is typically a slow month uh for movies so hopefully it does incredibly well right before the batman uh i would i would welcome it because like i was saying you know the story actually looks pretty good I, mm-hmm. I think sony made made a solid movie here and i wouldn't be surprised if this has the uh the venom one effect i really wouldn't be it looks mysterious and creepy but it also looks like it could be a little fun here man it looks like it could be some good uh sony can't be fun here you know, which is what, which is what people like. So I, I'm into it. Bring it on, man. Bring it on. Can I ask you guys a question? This movie, it had to come out after Venom, right? Is was that always the game plan that Venom comes out first? By police. So. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not, I have I don't no know. memory I don't of what this slate was. Prior. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. See, do you remember it all or no? I yeah, I thought this had to come out before Venom, but oh, hey, you did. Yeah, I. If okay. my memory serves me correctly, nobody, nobody quote me on that though. Okay. Yeah. I just wonder because with this comment at the end, like I wasn't even aware that people. Well, Venom knew clearly Venom. is established oh. in the movie by then. So. I know, but through two movies, you never hear them talk about Venom, right? Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like the public doesn't announce Venom, right? Yeah. I don't. Right. Let's be honest with you. We've seen two I... Venom movies, right? Is there? Help me out here. Is my old age or is he ever mm. referenced as Venom in the movie? I don't think so. To the public. To the public. I don't think so. Uh, this might in be the first time. articles or anything like that, right? Uh, they reference shit happened, but I don't yeah, think but, so. So for him to say, I'm Venom... Means they know who he is. This mm-hmm. is weird to me, right? This he exists. Confused me, but I like it. I'm conf- But I'm confused as hell, you know? Yeah. So. Hey, listen, I'm a sucker when you inject yourself. Oh, you're a sucker. Nice. Oh, my God. Topher oh, Grace no, is it's Topher Grace. Oh, my goodness. Grace, ah. great dog <laughs> of fuego. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we just figured it out. Oh. We just cracked the safe. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Wow. You figured it out. You figured it out. 
<laughs> wow. Robert, come on, man. It's pretty cool, though, with all this crap coming from everybody, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're picking apart these movies and stuff, but there's so much stuff coming. Oh, yeah. It's so unbelievable, man. Yeah. So, so It's so much so stuff. Yeah, step man. out of the shadows, Z. Step out of the step shadows, out of the yeah. shadows Ooh, my friend. Coming to the light. Plasma, Felicia. Where's Felicia? That's the next logical uh, step. Uh, what's your name? 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 Uh, um, uh, man, who who is the lead in Rogue One? What's your name? Felicia. Oh, um, it was me. Felicity. Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. Yeah. Who was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. She oh, can still be Black Hat. Yeah, she can still be Black Oh, Hat. absolutely. Actually... All right. Are we going to do our... Is ATJ available? I killed those men. Is ATJ available? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is ATJ I killed those men. Is they must never know what yeah. happened here. Ready? Call it in. Why Call is Zeddy running, Dad? <laughs> but oh. Zeddy didn't do anything wrong. But we have to chase them. <laughs> they will harm him. <laughs> Call it in. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, gentlemen, our weekly call it in segment. Mr. C, what are you calling in to the GCPD? I'm going to call in a pretty good show that I'm watching on Hulu where Batman is trying to break down the opioid crisis. It's a whole history (laughs) called Dope Sick. Oh, that's dope, man. Seriously, though. Michael Keaton's in it. Um, Rosaria Dawson's in it. The the scars guard. I get confused with the scars guard people. Scars guard. <laughs> pronounce it. It's Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. Who's okay. playing Gil Coulson in the upcoming the Batman film? And he was also in the Green Lantern movie, right? Was he Hector uh, Hammond? I believe he was. Correct. Okay. Yes. And the young ladies in it that was in Booksmart. Oh, Kayla Book- Deaver's in there. Yeah, oh, she she's was. The she's best. in the last she's man my standing. Favorite. So this is a great series on Hulu. I'm only three episodes in. But Isn't it- Adam Warlock in there too? Oh, Will Poulter. I'm yeah. sorry. I meant thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Will Poulter is really good in it. He's he's outstanding. He plays a a young pharmaceutical salesman. No. Okay, good. He, he, he normally he, plays a dick. No, no. He he almost plays the opposite end here of a naive young guy trying to start out. So this thing's all about the opioid crisis, how, how Big Pharma, the company created it. It's about addiction. I'm not going to give too much away for it, but if you... I have fallen in love with Michael Keaton again. Um, That's awesome. And he's really good here. He plays a doctor that uh, is is trying to figure out what's going on with this drug. Is it addictive? Is it not addictive? And uh, a lot of stuff, a lot, a, lot, a lot of moving parts in this here. This is a, a real life uh, story that really does touch upon the crisis, unfortunately, that has befallen this country or whatnot in, in the problems with the big corporate pharmaceutical i mean we need these companies they save our lives and then sometimes something like this happens so yeah. watch that my other call in too is that he's had such a great sec like a second oh he's oh big, man he's, he's, he's phenomenal man. i remember yeah. seeing him yeah. as like the funny cop yeah. chief in like the other guys yeah oh yeah like will yeah. ferrell ever since yeah. trial of chicago yeah. 7 man. And being like yeah. yo like this you're like michael doing. keaton and then like- he's been really really great since you know 14 with birdman and yeah it's great in spotlight trial seven Child oh, Seven. Yeah. He's seen Steeler in that movie when he's in it. Um, um, the founder. I just yeah. all this into, and I know we're probably going to touch on this with our Spidey thing, but yeah. Um, every week, two? every week, Amazing Spider-Man Two is on whatever it is. <laughs> <Millions. FX. laughs> I got into that movie again, and um, device. I got to be honest with you, man. The the ending of Amazing Spider-Man Two. 
so is one of the great all-time comic book endings oh, ever. Listen up. to me. It's great. Yeah. I'm telling everyone out there. I don't care what you think of the movie. The ending of it is one of the greatest endings in the history of comic book movies. And that Mr. Garfield is like almost neck and neck with Mr. McGuire. And I don't want to, I'm pissing my own self off, but every time I see that movie and I see him as Spider-Man, I kind of get mad that he's still not Spider-Man to be honest with you. But anyway, that's my call. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do two since you did two. My number one. And I please, please people DM me or I'm whatever Gotham needs me to be. If you have my number, if you don't have my number and, 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 and you, and you DM me and you want to text me about something or just DM me, you can. Um, I just did like a spontaneous binge watch of a show, uh, a show that my friend's been trying to get me to watch. I just finished sex education. Whoa, this is a family show. Stop it. Zeddy, edit this out. Edit, edit. Cut. It's not, it's not problematic to say. It's not problematic. The use for entertainment, gentlemen. These kids are going to learn it. These kids are going to learn it in school. E over E? <laughs> Entertainment just, over explicitness. Did you learn about this in like fourth grade? No, in dude, family I'm just life. kidding. Don't <laughs> okay. I'd like to cut you off. Watch this show called Sex Education and holy moly, I haven't fallen this in love with the show in a cast since, since maybe I watched Shit's Creek last year. Um, and before that, I don't know when. It's so well written. Um, it's, it's such an important show, I think not only for our generation, but for the older generation. Um, and I had a really good time with it. It stars Asa Butterfield, who famously, and I'm not ripping him here. It's just known. He famously lost the role of Spider-Man to Tom Holland. It came down to the two of them and they went with Holland. That was probably the right choice. Um, but he's really good on the show. Jillian Anderson's in it. Um, it's, it's so good, man. I'm, I'm almost very upset that I finished it and the, the f- they have greenlit a fourth season. Don't know when it's coming, but what's funny is I'm already I already see so many of these young actors in the show because it's one of the most underrated ensembles I've ever seen. How they don't have a SAG nomination or how some of them don't have an Emmy nom is criminal to me. I, I see so many who can play a role in the future, DCEU or MCU. Mm. I have so many that I would cast as things today because they have some great recognizability. Even a certain Chim Drake, uh, character. Um. No, I was thinking of some of these characters for for other people. I oh, think a lot of people okay. end up as young X Men. Um, oh I think yeah, 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 yeah. As young X Men, that sure. would be really cool. Um, so I love it. I love it. Um, I might even like rewatch it. That's how much I love it. It's so it's so well written. It, it has perfect balance of like comedy and drama. I love it. My second calling in is I'm really excited for issue number two of Batman: The Imposter this week. Um, the first one was so good. It was so dope. I'm very excited for the second one. And those are the, really the only things I'm calling in this week. That's a lot. How many you want to oh, call in? We got the dope Venom How many figure. are we going to call in? <laughs> we got the dope Venom figure. Yeah. Well, it's, oh. not really, no, it's not really called in. That's, that's not yeah. really called in. No, that's, that's awesome, out. though. Wow. Shout! I killed those men. Wow. Gotham needs its true hero. <laughs> they need a hero. What a face. Oh man. Oh man. All right. Well, I'm actually going to call in the fact that, uh, let's call in a few things here. So number one, I'm now Mr. C's number one adopted son, clearly right. as, as evidence That's of right. Twitter. I'm, I, I haven't forgotten about that. that Wait until Nico went to the bathroom. Was <laughs> so, some some might say in the bathroom or something like that. Some so. might say that Mr. C really is 
Daddy Batman. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's see. I am calling in the fact that November and December are typically really good months for Oscar films, which is months that Nico and I really anticipate mm-hmm. during the year. And there are a, quite a few really, really good ones coming up. So, obviously, like Belfast, uh, King Richard, uh, Spencer, a lot, a lot of those movies are kind of coming into fold here. Those are kind of the big three best picture movies i would say too there's been a lot of them throughout the year but i'm just really excited to see the remaining uh big oscar bay films as people like to call it too because i love me i love me my comic book movies but i also do really love me my oscar movies as well so i'm excited to hopefully enjoy all of those and lead into the 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 new year here with uh with some new with some new content here so uh my other call it in is this that uh superman number three superman 78 uh, issue number three just continues to be a beautiful uh, continuation of the Christopher Reeve movies. If you haven't uh, checked out the Robert Venditti Superman 78 one, it's only like six issues. There have been uh, three issues thus far. Just go give it go give it a read, please. It's uh, what what they're doing with that universe is outstanding. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything because I really need you guys to read that for yourselves but i think i think it's outstanding so i think that if you're a superman christopher Wee fan you'll be pleasantly surprised and if you're not i still think you'll be pleasantly surprised so that's kind of my recommendations uh for this week so mr c like we always do before we get on out of here you're one half of the busiest men in podcasting so please plug everything that you got going on sir uh, please follow me at Caruso jr on twitter and we should hopefully be recording an episode of our other great podcast with drummer Rob Meyer. Very soon. Our KISS fan podcast, Three Generations of KISS at RBTE, Right Between the Eyes podcast. So hopefully we'll get that this week. And we should have a new show out, I think, too, hopefully. Yes, do that. Uh, also follow at Italians for Spidey, the mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man podcast with the Goomba when Twist. When the web hits your eye like a big pizza pie. Thank you. That me and my dad do with Mr. Yeah. Peter Vera from Straight Outta Gotham and uh, Batman on Film. Uh, we just talked about uh, the amazing Spider-Man 1 along with some of the more some 90s episodes as well as uh, the end of Nick Spencer's run. Um, you can find I'm doing movie reviews on TikTok. I'm having so much fun on TikTok. I'm be, I'm like I don't know. I'm starting to fall into this like obsession with social media again, which w- won't be good for my mental health, but it'll be good for content. <clears throat> uh, I put up one for Eternals. Um, and I guess not a lot of people like it, so it's like I'm <laughs> kind of on my island. It was a great one, though. It was a great. I was on my well. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I'm on my island with with I guess Eternals here sheesh but um follow me there and then there's a couple um there's a couple other shows you may or may not see me pop up on in the next couple weeks and we're gonna do uh we have a cool titans one coming up with uh with an old friend of mine um but stay tuned for that peace nice we live in a society oh i did that earlier (laughs) (laughs) wonderful wonderful You, you you weren't you weren't reaching too long to throw that one out of the bag i love it i love it I love it. All right. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Nick Zenick. It's just my name, N-I-C-K-Z-E-D-N-I-K. You can follow my letterbox at Zeddy Films. My recommendations for this week, aside from seeing Eternals, are Finch, which is a movie that just hit Apple TV+. Plus. is a movie starring Tom Hanks in a post-apocalyptic world where he builds a robot simply to just care for his dog for when he eventually passes away. My second recommendation is The Harder They Fall, which is an ensemble movie 
gotta that watch. just dropped on Netflix. Uh, Jonathan Majors is in it. Idris Elba's in it. Regina King is in it. Uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is in it. It's a star-studded cast. It's just a, it's just a fun, different western. It's simply what it is. So it's a this stellar performances all all around. So go give those movies a watch. They just drop things it. like isn't Red Notice out too? Next week, I believe. It's in theaters right now, though, right? For a week. it's exclusively in theaters and Netflix. I think Man. a week later. Netflix just be dropping stuff. Like I knew, like they just drop stuff, and you're like, "What? Like, why isn't the harder they fall more promo? That's a big deal. There's yeah. a lot of people in that movie. There's a lot of talent, both you know, in front of and behind the camera. There, mm-hmm. darn it. Okay, yeah. but it was good. Yeah, cool. I Check liked it, it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Awesome, awesome. So a little long, but I still thought it was pretty good. Um, sure, so. sure. Go give go give those a, a watch, and then obviously you can follow this show on Twitter at Vigilante1939. Please feel free to head over to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and consider leaving a rating and a review. And if you are subscribed to this show on Spotify, please continue to do so. Analytics have shown that it really does help the show grow analytically, and you can also find this show wherever else you get your podcast at. So that's also really, really important. It's not just Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're everywhere. Uh, just search Vigilante 1939 and hopefully you will find us. So, but I think that is going to about do it for this week's episode. Woof, man, this was a good one, but can't wait to see what next week brings. So for Nico Caruso, for his father, Nick Caruso Jr. My name's Nick Zanik. As Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell all your friends about me. We live in a society. Sheesh. Thank you.